Thanks, Anton. Come on, give him a bit more of a hand than that. You might think this is a cooking show, but keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. I want you to pretend there's a really big pot in your left arm, and too bad if you're left-handed and you're right-handed. And I just want you to stir the pot a little bit. All right, stir the pot, 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 stir the pot. Now just take a deep breath in and just breathe in that goodness that you've just stirred up and take a seat. What did that have to do with anything that we're doing this morning? You've got it. Absolutely nothing. How you got going? You good? That's great. Thanks for being here today and thanks to everybody who's watching online. Pastor Enoch, we are absolutely um, uh, in it for you. Uh, Pastor Enoch has put through a prayer request and we wouldn't normally acknowledge this, uh, acknowledge a prayer request in the service, but we are partnering with our missions partners overseas. Amen. And, um, and Pastor Enoch, we've part partnered with for quite some time and uh, uh, through, you know, giving and and, uh, and helping out there. And so uh, can we pray because at the moment Fiji is in big lockdown and there's very little job support and very little jobs. Can we pray? Is that cool? So I know, I know it's cold and I'm just trying to get the blood warming up, it's moving, let me put it that way. So just stand up again, we're going to pray. Father, right now, yes. come on, are we in unity tonight? Father, right now, we just thank you for that great nation of Fiji right now. We thank you for Pastor Enoch. We thank you that you've positioned those churches, Lord, exactly where they need to be. Lord, I thank you for provision of jobs. I thank you, Lord, for new businesses, for new opportunities, for blueprints. And Lord, that you would hold that nation in your hand in Jesus' name. And we call revival to that nation in the name of Jesus. And we all said... Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. Thanks for joining in with that. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, I just, uh, just, I just want you to hold it up like this. If it's on your phone, that's, that's cool too. Um, you can switch off Facebook and then just uh, open your Bible app there. And uh, just, just with your, um, with your uh, Bible, I just want you to say these words. So I believe this is the Word of God. It's the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. And I want more of it. This morning, Lord, I open my heart to receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, don't put it down if you, but we're going to do some scripture this morning. Is that cool? All right, so today is the end of our, I think it's been about a five-week series called Let's Build This, and this is just so, so excited. I am excited about today simply because we get to celebrate not just Retro Games Day at the end of today, but we get to celebrate um, what we are achieving as a church. Now, of course, today we're looking for uh, an, an end date to be able to, to, to pull everybody together and to sow into the, this Let's Build This um, campaign in stewardship and raising funds, future funds uh, for the future and the direction of the church. But at the same time, you can continue to give throughout the year. So if you've gone, darn it, I missed out today, I haven't been able to give, guess what? You're going to be able to give the week after, the week after that, the week after that, the day after, the week after that. And, uh, and we, it will continue to further the kingdom and further the gospel. Can I get an amen? amen? 
We've been looking at number at Isaiah 54 verses 1 and 2. Today we are going to be talking about community, salt, worship, small becomes big. Everybody say small becomes big. Yep, identity and, uh, and how the Lord builds progress in our lives. I'm looking forward to it. Well, just a short few years ago, just a short few years ago, I was even asked this question in the car on the way to church today. And uh, it was, Dad, how old are you going to be this year? And I said 28, which is generally the, the standard age, right? If there was a perfect age that you had, what would it be? Just call it out. 28. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, that's right. And so 40, man, wow, you know, 40 is the new something. But anyway, it's, um, I remember when I was way back in year 12, when I was a boy, and uh, I remember being in what is now the CareNet room. How many enjoyed the CareNet last week? Come on, can we just give the team a massive, massive... I tell you what, I tell you what, people were on the phone to me at 9.05 Monday morning talking about ideas, ways of raising more funds and getting more support. I'm just so excited to see what God is doing in this. Amen? Oh, your response has got to be so much louder and so much quicker. Amen? Ah, oh, I love it. Fantastic. I know we're not looking for response. We're looking for heart change. Is that cool? Is your heart being changed already? Yeah. I hope so. So, so I remember back in year 12, standing, in the, standing and working in the, uh, now is the CareNet room, was the youth room, <laughs> multi-purpose room. It's been used for lots of different things. And, uh, and denailing studs. Now, I'm not talking about good-looking people. I'm talking about those pieces of planks of wood that had nails that we had to reuse because we'd torn down walls everywhere. And, uh, and, and uh, I was pulling out nails because we had to preserve that timber so that we didn't have to buy more. Now, let's just fast-track, rewind. Everybody say rewind. We're rewinding back to a short... Uh, well, it, it was a long time ago. We're gonna, I'm going to show you some photos right now that Steph's going to help us out with here. So bring that first photo up, Steph, if we can get that. There is my dad, Pastor Bill, founding pastor, and uh, my mum, uh, she can't be seen. Um, but uh, there you'll see one of the halls uh, in, the, in the Lutheran Church on... Um, uh, Lutheran Church on Victoria Street or the continuation of Victoria Street we rented the back hall can you see that old piano there and you can see those stands on the sort of the left hand side there that was like before we set up and and dad 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 was good he just rocked up with his pulpit and he goes well I'm ready to go are you you know and uh, that was all good and and but I remember falling asleep in the back row of that building I remember it clearly to this day falling asleep to dad's preaching so you're not allowed to fall asleep Rosalie you understand you're in the back row at the moment and so I can't tell whether you're laughing because you've got a mask on but uh, I hope you are um, and then we go to the next photo. Next photo was this. I, I don't know whether this is in chronological order or not, but th this is another hall that we had to rent. Notice the absence of chairs. Man, you had to worship hard, like just to warm up that backside so that when you sat down on the cold floorboards, no, I'm kidding, we did bring chairs in. But every single week we had to set up chairs. Aren't you glad we don't have to do that now? Isn't this amazing what generations have done before you got here? Amen? All right, next one. 
Here is the last service at what is known as Doncaster East Secondary College. In the classrooms there, I don't, look at those hard plastic seats. Now, I'm telling you, our services were two hours plus in those hard plastic seats. Who wants to go back to that? No, everybody's head is shaking. Did you say yes, Tim? I hope not. Anyway, oh, the two-hour services maybe, but not the hard plastic seats. But, you know, there's the chalkboard in the background. Kids, that's called a chalkboard, okay? And, or blackboard. They used real chalk in it, yep. And, um, and then the next photo, and that was the last sort of celebration. That wasn't everybody who was there, clearly. You'll see a really dapper, good-looking young bloke in a tie, and uh, look at him there. You'll see Mike right up the back here, larger than life. Sit down, Mike. We've been telling him, sit down, Mike. Mike, sit down, for goodness sake. And a few familiar faces and a great lot of food and pizza. How many know that com great community is a lot around food? Amen? Food and retro games. And then the next photo is we moved in here and we start building stuff. Now, you'll recognise an amazing lady sitting on an amazing man's knee right there, which I won't mention her name. It's Pastor Julie. And so... Uh, uh, you'll see a crew there, Mike there, and you'll see that that is actually being, I th I, I'm trying to work out, that's being taken and it's sort of like over there looking, I think it's back into the auditorium here. And see, can you recognise it a little bit? I know we've made a lot of changes here, but we're just sort of starting to, you know, you can see the work that has been done to establish it. And then it ended up kind of looking like this next photo. Oh, well, there's the crew eating, you know typical of the crew. It was harder to get them to, not hard to get them to eat, but hard to get them to work. But no, I'm kidding. No, they worked hard. It was, it was amazing time. Uh, Ron and Mari Duncan there, Mike there, Len working hard there. And the next photo is, here we go, the absolute launch of the service. And oh my goodness, those seats that you had there, like if you were up and down all the time, you had to remember to put the seat back down. Otherwise, you'd... you'd <laughs> Bang down on the, oh, it had hurt too. And you, I love it when everybody sort of stood up because he heard rattle, 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 rattle. And, uh, and if, uh, you know, anyway, it was fun times. Um, the colour green was in clearly and vests were cool. And so I'm, I'm trying to bring that back in, but I just don't think it's floating right now. Um, but we had uh, the whole pointed stage here and we've updated that and we've upgraded that. And, and uh, I don't even think we had, we had an overhead projector, wait for it, that sat there that looked over onto that dark purple wall over there. So if you were if you were sing if you were leading worship, all you could see was people's right ear, right? And so that was about it, because everybody's craning their neck to look and and if the overhead projector fell person operator fell asleep, then you didn't have any words to sing to. Next photo, I think, is look at that building there. That's what it used to look like. Notice the absence of something? No apartments. We didn't build those apartments. There's no apartments there. It was open air over the top. Look at that horrendous sign. Those uh, trees have grown up since then, that's for sure. We're trying to do something about them. And, uh, and uh, there's, you know, Kleinert Homes, I think, still in the building at the, at, at the back there and all sorts of things. Looks a bit different, doesn't it? Looks a bit different, doesn't it? How many know that it looks better now? How many know that you look better now? 
Oh, there wasn't a, as, as much consensus about that one there. Hey, you guys look really, really good. Turn to the person beside you and say, gee, you're good looking this morning. You know it. That's the reply. And so uh, I remember, I remember going back to the denailing. So now you can kill those photos now, Steph, thanks. Give Steph a hand. All right. So that's enough because I've got to move quickly this morning. So give Steph another hand. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so um, what, what's, what's going on here is that I, I was denailing studs in that back room over there and trying to preserve wood so that we could, you know, rebuild walls and change walls and do sorts of things. And, and I remember at that moment, I just finished year 12. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but here I am working in the house of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And uh, working away. And, uh, and I just had this question. I remember having this moment. Dad had put the hard word on me. Mum had put the hard word, Matthew, you need to sort your life out. You need to get into some direction and work out what you're doing. And I was like, yes, I really, really do. But I'm just glad to graduate school at the moment. And, uh, and, and I asked this question. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Ask that question yourself right now. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, do you want, what do you want me to do, right? And so uh, after that, I, 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 you know, studied and went into real estate and then came back and studied again. And then I came to that point of where I ended a short-lived career in real estate. Um, I came to the same point again. And I remember walking our dog at the time down our, down our street and, uh, and I remember coming to that moment and that moment that, I, that I, I, if the concrete wasn't so hard and it was so cold outside, I would have got down on my knees and I would have asked that same question. Lord, what do you want me to do? That about nine years beforehand, I'd asked him while I was denailing those studs. Lord, what do you want me to do? Today... Above everything else, I want you to ask that question of him today. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So often we can be about who we are meant to be. But you see, the scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, do that and do that for the glory of God. Because so often we're looking for this, these incredible dreams and this amazing destiny. And I, and I want to say to you, God has an amazing destiny for you. He dreams some magnificent dreams about, about you and for you. But it's got to start today. And the Bible says, what do you have in your hand? Each and every single time, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? So if you can ask that question today, at the end of today, I would really be appreciative of that. That, Lord, what do you want me to do? This can be a scary thought, can't it? Because if you get an answer, or when you get an answer, guess what it requires? Run. Just run. Like, no, 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 I'm kidding. It requires a response. It requires a response. Even in worship today, we felt and we know and we felt the presence of Jesus come in on this worship, on this time of worship together. And there's this moment of where we need to recognize and we need to, um, 
to acknowledge his presence in what he is doing and, and what he's doing in the room. And we've taken a little extra time today just to, just to take that moment and just to recognize that he is in the room. And when we recognize that, we respond, we need to respond well to his presence. And so there's that question in his presence, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, you're here. What do you want me to do? Is it, is it you want me on my knees? What is the appropriate response to your presence? And you see, in this season that we are in, there's this moment of, Lord, what do you want me to do in this season? What are you doing in this season of healing hope? What are you doing in this season of let's build this? And uh, we know that community is absolutely vital. Amen. So community is vital because, because when we collectively answer that question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then you are never alone in your response and your obedience to it. What happens is that you begin to be able to walk with each other. The Bible says that, living, that we are all living stones fitted together in the house of God of different shapes, different talents, different sizes, different uh, awesomeness. Amen, right? And so what happens is that we come into this moment and we come into this place of community where we are not walking alone. You were never made to walk this journey alone. And that is why community is just so important. So I want to talk about these three things again. And five weeks ago, I introduced these three things to you that's in our Let's Build This brochure, but I want to tackle it just from a slightly different angle. Identity is absolutely important, amen? Knowing who we are, whose we are, and essentially who we belong to. Some people will find their identity down at a local footy club, cricket club, pub, local, you know, drink spot, local restaurant. Some people will find their identity in other different areas, right? But you see, with us, our identity is in this collective voice to worship and serve God. We get to join together with others with one voice, one sound, one direction, and I'm not talking about a boy band, I'm talking about that one space of where we focus together and we give honor and praise to him, amen? And so one mistake that we can always make when we start thinking about community is that we can think that community is all about people like us. Community is not finding people like us. Community is all about diversity. The kingdom of God is full of different people. Even if you look around the room today, not one of you looks the same. Amen? And uh, Rick Godwin would say, if, uh, if, if um, two of you are the same, one of you is not necessary, right? And so we don't want clones. We don't want, we want diversity. We want differences of gifts. We want different shaped stones for a, a beautiful mosaic that God is making his church into, amen? And so, so uh, I'm going to demonstrate something to you here that um, and, you know, it might make you hungry. I wish I could um, have the smell that goes along with it and you can all engage with it. But there's one thing about being in a community, being a community within a community. The Bible says it this way. In the Sermon on the Mount, 
in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Jesus uses two sensory-rich descriptions for people who are and want to be his disciples. He states this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Number one, salt. Everybody say salt. salt. Then he goes on to say a little bit further on, he says, you are the light of of the world, these two sensory rich descriptions. You are the salt, you are the light of the world. Then he goes on to say, You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I believe that the Lord is calling us for a church to come out of a place of being hidden in the community into a place of, uh, of, of not prominence and not recognition. That's not what we're seeking. We're seeking effectiveness so that people know where to come when they need help. People know where to come when they need healing. People know where to come when they need purpose and direction. Why? Because we are a diverse community that welcomes each and every single person in. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you see, those who trust in Jesus, therefore, are comparable to salt and light. I'm holding here Morton's Coarse Kosher Salt. It's kosher, obviously. It's uh, kosher for Passover, just in case that was important to you. And so the difference is here, and, uh, and uh, Sir Brad Isles, who is the meat cooking specialist, and everybody at Alpha said... Amen, that's right. You ate of his ribs, not literally his ribs, but the ribs that he cooked. And, um, and the key is here is that, you know, when I read about cooking meat, or you know, I've really only cooked a good brisket once in my life, but um, not true. But when, when you're cooking, you know, meat, and if you're a vegetarian, just think I'm talking about vegan meat. I wouldn't compare the two, but anyway. And so, and so when, you, when you're cooking and, you, and, and you, what it says, it says you've got to rub salt into it. And, and most people might just grab their, you know, average salt shaker and just, and, you know, rub a bit of salt in it. But uh, you see, Brad put me on to this stuff and he goes, no, 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 no. You've got to get this. He actually bought this for me. He said, you've got to get this. You've got to get this here. Because this, it's, it's not just that it's kosher, <laughs> right? Is it, kosher? it is kosher. <laughs> but it's not just that it's kosher. But the granules in it are the perfect size for rubbing into the sinew of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> the shards of salt that you rub and they penetrate the meat as you rub them in right and 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 it and it helps the fat render down and it helps the meat just if you're vegetarian i'm converting you today amen it just helps you just like and it just like it just sets the meat up for absolute perfection now then if you want to be really fancy and go really really awesome then you start adding things like zesty and fresh gourmet barbecue rub or you add in blue smoke texas style barbecue oh i wish you could smell this but anyway i'll just stand here pretending it's a microphone like kelly with the switcher last week and and uh and uh, just continue to smell this because this just smells awesome all these rubs right if you just sat them beside the steak would the steak taste any better 
Absolutely not. What have you got to do? See, Jesus used this story as an effective way of communicating what we are meant to be as his disciples within the community itself. There's the stake. We are the salt. If we don't get all this goodness and rub, sorry, and rub it in, I'm glad that wasn't open, uh, and rub it into the carpet, no, rub it into the community, then the community loses its flavor. What else does salt do? It preserves. What else does salt do? It enhances. If we were to take all this and just keep it to ourselves, we're not going to be effective salt and light in the community. We, we will be a city that is hidden completely and totally. Amen? So, if you think of salt as a flavor, as of, if you think of flavor as the quality of life, then we should be doing what we can to enhance the quality of life, as well as preserving and lengthening the lives of those around us. The final point is this, is it has to be integrated into the food. If that salt shaker stays in the shaker and sits beside the steak, you'll never taste of its goodness. It'll never be enhanced. Our effectiveness in the community would never become what it ought to be. That's community. As we present ourselves in community, for the community. The second thing is worship, and we've looked at Habakkuk, not Habakkuk, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 54 verses 1 and 2. And it's, a, it's an amazing description. And, and uh, I'm going to quickly summarize it. I'd like to dig further into it today. But we need to understand something about this scripture. And Isaiah 54 is a prophetic word over a captured defeated, unfruitful, rebellious nation. A nation who, if you were to describe her as a bride, has broken her marriage covenant, committed adultery with other gods and other people, has lived in complete rebelliousness, stepped out of the promises of God that he had absolutely given to them and she was a bride without a groom. In Isaiah 54, can you imagine living in a heathen nation? Imagine being ripped from your home, taken to a foreign land and made to serve that nation in whatever they wanted. Imagine the heartbreak. Imagine the hardship. And then Isaiah comes along. In the first 53 chapters, <laughs> it's this is what you've done. But then he gets to Isaiah 54 and he says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. 
Enlarge the place of your tent. Uh, Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You might think to yourself, I don't like camping. I don't want more kids. I'm single even. (laughs) I don't want... I don't want to live in a tent. Obviously, this is not what this scripture is about. What this scripture is about is this nation, this bride being welcomed back by her husband of where that husband being Yahweh Father, being Jesus himself, comes and says, I'm going to restore unto you everything that has been lost, everything that has been promised. I'm going to restore to you all of those things. Why? Because God is a, is a God of wrath and a God of punishment. Absolutely not. God is a God of rest- restoration, restoring all those things that have been taken away, that restoring all those things that even because of our own doing, even because of our own decisions, even because because of our own misdirection and rebelliousness, God says the time of judgment has come to an end and the time of where I welcome you back, my bride. I welcome you in my church. I welcome you in my people. And if you're sitting there thinking that it's only about you, then I'm afraid you're believing a lie because it is about the community, the bride of the community that is still out there, the bride of the people that God is calling by name that he knows that their hair is each each hair is numbered mine's getting less but each hair is numbered by every by every single person he's calling in to his church calling in to be part of his bride and you see this is why this is a direction for us as believers to sing barren ones to sing even though you might be facing this hardship or this struggle there sing and rejoice why why because it's a preparation for enlargement it's a preparation for getting bigger it's a preparation to start getting excited and celebrate the fact that the bridegroom is coming that Jesus is coming for a glorious and spotless bride and he declares that for you today he declares that over our entire community forever and ever and ever but we must be the salt We must be the light. We must declare that through our praise and our worship. So everybody say, small becomes big. I'm going to tell you a little story. And the story is about Hattie Mae Weat. She was a little girl who lived in Philadelphia in the late 19th century. And she died and she left her life savings of... 57 cents to Grace Baptist Church. And she left it to them saying, I wish there was more, but uh, I'm leaving this to you to build a bigger building for the children's Sunday school. She was a young girl. She died young, very early. 
When the church learned of her generous gift, they gave toward her vision and bought a property that then expanded to a place called Temple College. Temple College then grew out of the generosity of those people committed to that vision and became Temple University. And then Temple University, after training hundreds of thousands of people, then became Temple University Hospital, of where they treat the entire community. And it all started with Hattie May. Just like the widow's two mites that she put in, we can never measure the possible effects of our sincere gift for God's purposes. It doesn't matter how small of a difference we might think we're making. God will use our tithes and offerings and giving and generous living, not just here within the church, but outward in our community and do something absolutely miraculous. There's two things that God um, clearly says. There is the scripture that says, don't test the Lord, right? Everybody heard that? But there's one time that he says, test me in this. But he precedes that offer in Malachi chapter 3. Or if you're Italian, it's Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. And God brings this charge against his bride. God brings this charge against his people. And he says these significant words. He says, will a man rob God? And then God says, yet you are robbing me. And then the people responded by saying, How do we rob you? And God's response is in tithes and offerings. If we were to apply this to every single Christian, and I'm talking about followers of Jesus, right? We can't stand exempt from that accusation. We have to apply it to our own lives. John Angel James says this, Is it probable, is it possible, that he, being God, can be so disingenuous? What? Rob a father, a friend, a benefactor? Can he be so daring to rob a being so high and sacred? and whose glory so enhances the offence? Can he be so irrational, so desperate, yet says God, you have robbed me? And the charge falls on those who were to be found in the house of God, you and I. Who has not robbed God of property? Our wealth is not our own. We are only stewards of the wealth that he gives. It always looks suspicious when a gentleman's steward becomes very rich and dies affluent. 
Substance is entrusted to its occupiers for certain purposes plainly laid down in the scripture. William J says, do you discharge those claims? How much do some unjustly expend in table luxuries, in costly dress, in magnificent furniture? Who has not robbed God of time, the Sabbath, our youth time, so often squandered away in vanity, folly and vice? All our moments and opportunities are his and he commands us to redeem the time. Who has not robbed God of the heart? The fear, the confidence, the gratitude, the attachment of the heart we have transferred from the Creator, God over all, and blessed forevermore. And may not the same be said of our talents, whether learning or the powers of conversation or the retentiveness of memory or the influence over others. Let us not affect to deny the charge, but let us repair to the footstool of mercy and cry, if thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? Powerful words, not my own. But powerful words that cut to the heart of who God calls us to be, who God calls us to be in the community, who God calls us to be with each other. Malachi 3, he says, test me in this and see that I will not pour out blessing, that you would not be able to contain it. Friends, it's a challenging word that I pray doesn't take away from this day, which is a celebration day. But I urge you to ask that question, Lord, what would you have me do? I asked that question twice in my life, maybe the second time I got it. But like you, I'm asking the Lord of that question today. Lord, what would you have me do? I love what Paul says. He says, let every man give out of the goodness of his heart, not begrudgingly or required, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Today, if you think today is about only giving, then I'm afraid you've missed it. Friends, today is about being obedient to the answer that God gives you to the question, Lord, what would you have me do? I'm going to get you to stand. We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Lord, in this moment. In this moment and at this time, Lord. I thank you, Father, for what you are doing in us and through us. But right now, Lord, we ask that question of you. Lord, what would you have me do? Father, right now, on each and every single person listening to the sound of my voice, I ask that you would make them effective salt in the earth. Lord, I ask that you would make us light in the world. 
Lord, I ask right now that we would not be a city hidden, but Lord, right now I declare MCC, Manningham Christian Centre, and the people that call her home to be a city on a hill that shall not be hidden, that will be a light in this community. Not only in this community, Lord, but communities around the world, communities in this great city of Melbourne, communities in this great nation of Australia. Lord, I ask that you would establish this truth in our heart. That we render our hearts obedient today. Let your word take effect. In the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen, amen and Amen.